Hello, everybody. You're listening to Profoundish. I'm Alex, but that doesn't matter because today is all about Weston and one of his oldest hobbies, magic. Join us as Weston takes us through his journey, starting as a regular kid and becoming a jaw-dropping magician. But Weston won't be done yet, because after this, he'll be tasked with hiring some of the world's greatest wizards and witches at his newly founded pizzeria? Yeah, you heard me right. This is Profoundish. Everybody and welcome to Profoundish. I just said that just like you, Weston. I said that just <laughs> like you would say it. Hello, friends and welcome. Hello, everybody. Hello, oh, yeah, everybody. So you would say friends. Hello, uh, yeah. friends. I do the hello, friends. It's a, an offshoot of the old hello, you tubs. That's how. Oh, that's that, how old that is. That is a throwback. Hello, you tubs. What's the yeah. really quick? What's the what's the origin of that? The you tubs. Well, for those of you, short shout out to my Magic Man Mo gaming channel on YouTube. Subscribe, please. Thank you. Anyway, uh, I, I had a gaming <laughs> channel, and as my sort of intro, I said, hello, YouTubes, because I didn't want to say hello, YouTube, because I thought that was like too generic. So I'm like, I need to put my own little twist on it. So I was just like, hello, YouTubes. So YouTubes just became a thing. It had nothing to do with like bathtubs or anything like that. But I eventually... Um, <laughs> Hello, to bathtubs. Hello, bathtubs. Are you Let's clean, get clean today? Yeah. I <laughs> dropped the soap. Don't pick it up. I already uh, am. Uh, but when I wanted clean. to start making content for other places as well, I think I started making stuff for like, I don't remember, like Daily Motion back when I was a part of Maker and uh, like eventually like VidMe and all, all these different things. I was trying to like make things for more than just YouTube. So I was like, well, I don't want to keep saying YouTubes for everything if I'm not going to only be on YouTube. So I'm going to just pick something else. And I had a professor many moons ago that um, she, her her like shtick, right, is that she like called everybody friend. Um, I don't remember why oh. or whatever. So I just stole that. And I was just like, hello, friends. That's awesome. You're, I never knew that. Yeah, you're my friends now. You're my friends, and you're also my bathtubs. Just depends on the day. You're well, that's my, cool. You're, you're my bathtub or you're my friend. Pick. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't be both. Choose. Well, Weston, it's kind of funny, actually, that you, uh, that you bring up your YouTube channel. Oh. Because, uh, you know, so your name, right? Your name, Magic Man Mo. Oh, uh, we talk There's about a, my name in every podcast. We do, which we do. So you <laughs> you get way more plugs than I do. I make music, alexdocat.net. Check me out. Um, <laughs> see, we got to get our plugs in somewhere at the beginning here. Um, either way, we're digressing. Weston, so a part of your name, Magic Man Mo, one part that's probably the most, at least I would say interesting, is the word magic, right? Now, I know that you, uh, you currently, you know, you work in the food industry, by yes. day, and you're a you're a YouTuber and content creator. I'm just gonna say at other times of the day, right? But in a past in a past life, you dabbled in a little bit of magic, a little bit of magic tricks. I did. And, I did uh, dabble in the dark arts. So he dabbled in the dark arts, and I was kind of just wanting to ask you and just kind of give me your your story because I am familiar with it. You showed me some uh, some tricks um, in your in your time, which I was very impressed by. And I was just kind of wondering what your uh, magic trajectory was. What, what brought you to it? 
what you know are do you still ever practice any of those things now and i don't know i just kind of wanted to know so i'm just going to kind of let you take the take the rain here but i wanted to know like really i that's i was not i was not expecting this i would have prepared <laughs> a, a long and and uh, harried story uh i don't really remember when me performing magic stuff began for sure because I, I was a kid that's why i don't remember because i was very young i was always really into magic uh, and watching magicians on TV and that kind of thing. Um, I actually uh, got to be on stage with a magician when I was a little kid at one point in time. Uh, mm. My family was at a, a magic show, and um, uh, he needed a... Uh, I don't remember the name of this magician. I really don't. But I, I used to have a poster of his. I can't, for the life of me, remember this guy's name. But anyway, I needed a volunteer on stage, and I raise up my hand or whatever and takes me on stage, and... Uh, he, he did this uh, trick uh, where he, he he needed a shoe. He needed a shoe. So I gave him my shoe. And he turns it upside down and like all these rocks come pouring on my shoe and everyone's like losing it. They think it's a magic trick. He pulled rocks out of my shoes. But no, I just had rocks <laughs> in my shoes because the playground at the elementary school <laughs> I went to had rocks everywhere. <laughs> That's funny. And, and I would collect uh, rocks in my shoes. I just just by nature of running around in the in the in the rocks. But anyway, he needed my shoe. And he ended up taking it and um, putting it in a box or whatever for later on in the show. And I don't remember what the trick was exactly, but he like baked my shoe and it like exploded in a puff of smoke and it was all like shriveled and black and it was just it was a different shoe altogether. And then later on in the show, um, this bo- this other box that had been like uh, raised above the uh, stage the entire show, even before calling me up there, it's just been there this whole time. This box above the stage. I lowers it down and my shoe was in the box the whole time. Uh, oh, anyway, wow. it, it was, it was quite a feat. It was really, it was uh, feet <laughs> shoes. It was quite a feat, uh, at the time. So that was a, a really early experience of me being up on stage and, and being kind of close to magic. And I, I don't remember exactly. I think I was doing a little bit of magic stuff before that, where, um, my parents had gotten hold of like maybe some like little, magic tricks for me to do they, there was a lot of uh magic stuff you could get from uh what's it called dallas and co i think in, in uh, yes urbana rest in peace by the way it's uh it's gone now is it i wasn't sure if it was still around or not but it was like a costume and magic tricks parlor tricks just kind of a fun really hobbyist cool shop it was a really cool store and they used to have this back room we'd go back then there'd, there'd yep. be this like kind of old weird guy back there and he would do little magic tricks for you and sell them and 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 that kind of thing and that's where i got some of my earliest uh material and i would perform that for friends and even um especially at elementary school i i i don't know how this came to be a thing but as like a sort of show and tell tradition i would put on um short entire magic shows for the class like this would be like uh like I don't remember how long they they lasted, but like 15, 20, whatever minute uh, shows where I had a whole uh, choreography of tricks that I would do, volunteers I'd pull up. There was mind reading, uh, disappearances, a number of card tricks, um, the little balls in a tube where the balls change color and all of a sudden, you know, know, whatever. So I had all kinds of stuff that I used to do. And I'd perform those for friends, for classes, uh, family reunions and that kind of thing. So I was actually very heavily involved and very interested in magicians and performing magic. Uh, I remember watching like Chris Angel becoming a thing, some uh, yep. 
David Blaine. Um, I was very uh, into uh, Harry Houdini. Um, I, I I remember doing like a uh, report of some kind in school, a report on Harry Houdini. So he was someone that I was like really fascinated with and his sort of backstory, where he came from and the, the kind of kind of weirdo that he was. Uh, well, but, uh, speaking of him, speaking, I mean, you're actually the reason why I uh, learned about him. You taught me about him, not even in that report. It was you just told me about him just as as a friend, and I didn't know. That's kind of actually, to my knowledge, that was my first understanding of like escape artists and that sort of work. <laughs> I guess if you want to call it, you know what I mean. I never right. was familiar with the, even that being a thing. I knew there was magicians, but um, but that kind of flavor of it was really interesting to me. And you kind of taught me about that. So just so kudos yeah. to you. And I never did like really any escape stuff my myself, but he was he was uh, an escape artist, and he was very famous for. And it's funny too. He ha- he would have these very large and elaborate escape routines that mostly involved um, at the time. You know, this is before like TV or whatever, so people's attention spans were a bit longer. And his shows would have these elaborate orchestras to play like really suspe- suspenseful music while he's supposed to be escaping from this, like, death trap cage or whatever. And part, part of the act would be uh, he's, he's trying to escape it, and then the audience wouldn't be able to see him anymore because he's, like, in this cage or box or whatever, and he's all tied up, and you know he's only got so much time or whatever. Well, he'd escape the thing in, like, 30 seconds and just hang out in the, in the back of the stage while for literally like 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time, the audience is waiting in anticipation. Is he right, ever going to escape suspense. that box? The orchestra's going crazy. He's like in the back reading a book or whatever, just kind of waiting for his cue to come back on stage. You know what? Talk about like, that is the dream right there. You, your job is 30 seconds. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that that's for more of his standard stuff. He did also a lot of other really famous stunts, like the one where he was submerged in like uh, water in this like giant sort of like milk jug thing. There's other ones yeah. where he's escaped being thrown into a river, tied up. His prison escape, all of those crazy famous escapes. But yeah, he did tons of escapes. Did you uh now? Did you ever get into like uh more traditional traditional magicians in the modern era? Like not like really like your um, like the people you mentioned earlier, but more like, like David Copperfield or anything like that. Did you ever? Does that ever interest you at, at the time? I didn't see a lot of David Copperfield, um, only a little bit. And there was a handful of other uh, magicians at the time whose names escaped me that were doing like street magic stuff that you would catch on like TV from here and there. Uh, street yeah. magic was getting really popular at the time. Like I said, I mentioned Chris Angel earlier. He kind of brought on a huge surge in street magic popularity on TV for a while. Um, and he, he himself just blew up. I, I don't remember if he still does Vegas shows or not. But yeah, David, David Copperfield a little bit. Um, and then also just a bunch of other sort of random uh, names that I don't remember now. But I have I have always been um, interested, interested in it. In fact, I went to that same little um, section in the back of Dallas and Co. one time and I got one little uh, one little magic. I, I, I started to get obsessed. I actually had a big obsession with David Copperfield because I went to I went to see him oh. like like twice or three times, I think, when I was a kid. It was me and my dad and uh, and just seeing and just being blown away when I was seven, eight years old. You know, there was this one I remember like. I mean, all, and I, it's so easy like it's just so simple but when you're so young it's so just like oh my gosh how does he do it like he'd be on stage and then 
I can't remember how it worked out, but like there was these big projectors on the on the walls. This was you know, fifteen years ago or twenty years ago, and uh, and then all of a sudden like he he grabs somebody from the audience and he's like, you know, I want to I feel I feel like going to Jamaica. What about you? <laughs> or, no, actually, it was Jamaica. I think it was like Hawaii. Like I'm feel like going to Hawaii. What about you? He's like, uh, 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 okay, just some random guy from the audience, right? And then, I mean, it's such a simple idea now, but he's like, all right, let's go. And then they just like fall into the stage and then there's a video of them in Hawaii. And I know that sounds so simple. It's like, well, they just, that's a guy who was probably already in the audience. Like, and they went to Hawaii. But like, when you're eight years old. Yeah, and it was just the the illusion, right? Illusionists, right? It's, as the viewer, it's the illusion that this thing is so hyper real that sells it. And honestly... Even just me explaining kind of that part, I feel like take, like it takes away from it. When, when I see a magic show or I see somebody do a magic trick, I think it's really important as a viewer to kind of succumb to it and just kind of let it take you where it's going to take you because it, it's going to ruin the fun if you don't. Like Everybody knows mag- how magic tricks, maybe not how they're actually performed or how they work, but like you know, I, I think it's really important to just be in the moment with it because you're going to enjoy it way more. Yeah, some of them are like really clever. So there is sometimes fun in trying to piece together how you think a trick was was done. I think for the yeah. vast majority of people, you should just kind of sit back, relax, don't worry about how it's being done. Just let enjoy it shock it. and awe you and enjoy it. That's I mean, that's sort of the the bewilderment and and the uh, the mystery and the, what children experience when they watch magic. Like this could this could just legitimately be real for all they they know. It's like how is this possible? You get a little bit older, you become an adult. Maybe you've heard about how some other tricks are done, and it might be tempting to dismiss it. But at the end of the day, it is entertainment. The magician isn't really trying to convince you that it's real. Um, the whole idea that it's real is just a part of the the, the show, the spectacle, right? The um, especially for like escapes, like dangerous escapes and stuff like that, where maybe they're a little less dangerous than you imagine. But to sell the show, it's real and it's all this and that. Unless you're like a comedy pair, like Penn and Teller were always very famous for being like, "No, nah, this is a trick. It's all goofy. Let's uh, we'll we'll show right. you, quote unquote, how it's done." And it might it might it literally might be even far more complicated when they show it than it actually. Anyway, that's that's <laughs> right. a comedy duo, but um. The, the point is, it's spectacle, it's show, sit back, relax, enjoy it. There is a little bit of fun sometimes to sit back and be be wondering to yourself, how is this done? And if you're someone who wants to perform magic, there's a lot of fun in sitting back and saying, hey, how was that done? Can I figure it out? And not to just be smug and be like, ha ha, I pieced the puzzle, I'm Mr. Sherlock. But no, to say, I want to figure out how it's done so that maybe maybe I can do it too and kind of like yep. dabble in this hobby myself and stun my friends or or whatever. That's, I know magic that, is something that's often dismissed, but it's it's a lot of fun. That's something that's probably for me as a viewer, probably the most fun part is when it's done really well and some of them are really clever like you said, trying to yeah, piece it together yourself because I don't know, I just I've always liked puzzles and that's just a big <laughs> a big illusion. I've always been into the Did you ever get into the um optical illusions and stuff like that like those like books you could get? I remember um, an era, it, it was probably elementary school, where like all my friends and just everybody was obsessed with those optical illusion books you could get. I remember an era where people had them all the time. Yeah. I didn't get into it so much. I thought optical illusions were cool. I did think they were cool, but I wasn't the one going to the library and checking out the books and like obsessing over them. I would just, you know, I would see them here, there, and be like, oh, that is really freaky. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, so tell me this then. What was... 
during your peak when you when you practiced it more often, yeah. I, I'd say, what was your favorite trick that you did? Uh, there's this classic one. It's ridiculously easy, but it's one of my favorites because it is one of the earliest ones I ever got from from Dallas and Co. Um, and that's the uh, the um, I don't remember what it's called, but like the card window. Ah, it's this yes. uh, sort of. It's not real glass. It's like plastic glass, right? But it's this uh, plastic red framed frame. And in the middle of it is this sort of plastic glass. And you slide a card um, into the frame such that it's held in the middle of the glass so that you can see the card on either side of this glass. The viewer can see from one side. I can see from the other. You flip it around, look it around, let people touch it, hold it, whatever. Tap on the glass. It's solid, whatever. And what you do, the the frame came... Uh, had like an insert that came into the glass part that uh, made sort of this red circle. It was like a target or whatever. So it's this frame with a red circle in it and plastic glass in between. You put the card in there and you stab like a pencil, a pen, a knife, whatever you wanted through that circle, like bullseye. It would go through the card, through the glass and out the other side. And you could see it. I could hold it. Everyone would see it. I'd remove the pencil. I usually use a pencil, but whatever. Um, take that out pull the card out, there's the hole in the card, but you can pass around the frame, the glass is un- unpenetrated. So right. it's like, how did how did you get the hole through the card, but there's no hole in the glass? That's one of my uh, favorite ones, just because it's one of the earliest ones I, I ever had. It's, I'm not gonna spoil it here live on the on the podcast, but uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a trick, and um, it's one of my favorites, because it's one of my earliest. Uh, some of my more complicated ones, like, where the was the tube with the three I had like three different colored balls a green one a yellow one and a red one as I and I had this whole story about how each ball like was a a, uh, a kid on a school bus and I, I would change the colors of the balls from like there'd be two red ones and then two yellow ones and then I'd switch it up and they'd be in the wrong order as you put them in this tube uh, that was a really complicated one that I liked there was a disappearing quarter one where we'd put a, I take a quarter or any, any coin really pretty much any object. But I always used a quarter, I had someone write their initials on it. We put it in this little box. I'd set on the table that I was performing, um, on my, sh- my show from or whatever. And then towards the end of my show, I'd pick up the box and we'd open it and, and it's all locked and padlocked and all this stuff. We'd open it up and oh, the, co- the quarter has gone. And then it would be somewhere else. And we would know it was the volunteers quarter cause it has their initials on it. Um, right. Lots of cool little tricks like that, but I think the the card going through the frame is one of my favorites, just because it's one of the earliest ones. Well, that's my uh, that's my actual personal exposure to you doing it was that one. Um, yeah, I have a I have a distinct memory. I don't know if you remember this exact memory or not, but it was the only time I was near your original home in the village you lived in, as you've said yeah. before. On here. I grew up in a village. He did. It's true. I I've been in that village, and uh, we were in your like driveway. Yeah, and I, us and some friends, and I remember I don't know what it, I don't know why, but uh, but anyway, so like you ran inside, you came came back out, maybe you had to grab something, and we were sitting in somebody's car, <laughs> we were just sitting there in your driveway, and you just showed us the card trick. Yeah, we and, were like on a trip or something, and I think maybe my parents were the ones driving or something, because yeah, we were we were just waiting on something. I'm like, well, while we're at my house, I have some <laughs> tricks. You guys want to see them? <laughs> So when when was the shift? When did you start to kind of, I guess, maybe, I don't want to say lose interest, but I think you know what I'm trying to say, where you, where you stopped oh, practicing, practicing it I so much? To, when did that happen? I, 
I do have to say one more trick that is a favorite of oh, mine yeah. because Justin was in that card with us too. Shout out to our buddy Justin. Uh, this hey. one blew. I remember this one blew his mind. Do you remember the one? It's a black box and I shove a deck of cards into it and make it vanish. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It was a black box <laughs> with a window on one side. So what, what, what it would be is I would shove a deck of cards into this box, show you that the deck is in the box so you can see the window. I turn the box around so that you can't see it anymore, tap on it or whatever, turn it back around. You could see through the window the, the cards were just gone. And I would open up the box, and no cards. It's just gone. And that was one where I don't remember what exactly he did. He, I don't know if he like grabbed my arm or if he tried to like shift in his seat. Or, he tried to look like around the box when I turned it around so he could see it happen. And he, <laughs> as he described it, he physically watched the card, the deck of cards go into the box and just he literally vanished before his yeah. eyes. I forgot. You know, it's funny. I forgot about his reaction, but now I, it's coming back to me. He was so freaked out about that. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, I love that reaction. That, yeah, claiming that he really did, like, it actually disappeared. I swear. <laughs> it just actually vanished. And I'm like, yeah, that's what. It, that's the trick. And I was, I was, I was going to say, I, I, I don't remember your reaction, but I'm sure you're like, yep, that, that, that's what happened. <laughs> I, was so, I was so amused with, with that reaction. Um, that I had to mention that trick because I, I just, had, you know, talking about that, I'm like, oh, yeah, one of the other tricks. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Uh, I think as far as losing interest, I think just as I got older and you didn't do like uh, like show and tell in school anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I had pretty much shown everybody all my tricks at least once before or whatever. Um, or maybe not everybody, but I, I, I'd been doing magic for a while. I wasn't the entire really collecting. world. The entire world has seen my show. Um, I don't know. I kind of wasn't collecting any more tricks. I wasn't learning too many. I, I learned a few more card tricks over the years and that kind of thing because a deck of cards is easy to take it with you and you can just do a trick or whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I had kind of done my shows before and I think people enjoyed them, but I wasn't really coming up with new material. And it's not that I didn't want to do it anymore. There just wasn't like... You know, in middle school, I wasn't going to take 15 minutes out of our math class to do my magic show, right? So, like, I don't know. It just, the the circumstances weren't around in school for me to do it anymore. And I wasn't just doing it in the hallways. I wasn't going to be, like, that kid doing the same magic trick for everybody for 200 days of the year or whatever. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what slowed me down. I still did a, a few things for like some relatives and stuff at uh, uh, reunions, and eventually I just because I wasn't really collecting any more tricks or learning any new material, I just kind of like phased it out, and yeah, yeah. just kind of stopped doing. I was still very interested in magic and magicians, uh, but I kind of transitioned into reading more like I don't know fantasy novels about wizards and stuff. <laughs> Uh, instead sure, of yeah. uh, instead of the magic tricks, kind of moved on to just you know filling my head with fantasy magic as opposed to sort of IRL magic. And it's not yeah. that I lost interest; I just kind of stopped performing. I still have like everything, um, either uh, here or at my parents in storage. But uh, I still like have everything. I'm I'm way out of practice, but yeah. Now just that when chapter of my life kind of closed up a little bit. And that happens when you grow and you change anyway, and, you know, this, that happens. But I, you, you mentioned everything. Now, I do recall a hat, and uh -huh. I do recall, I believe you had the jacket as well. Am I correct? I, I had what I performed in when I was doing my performances is I had this black top hat. I actually had two. One of them was this kind of cheap plastic one, and we upgraded to this, like, nicer uh, kind of, like, felt one later. But anyway, I had, I had a black hat. 
And I would wear like black clothes and I had this little black cape that I wore. Yeah, I know. Everyone laugh. I had a little black cape. I remember. Um, <laughs> I remember I, that. I, I also I still like capes. I think capes are cool. But uh, <laughs> that's what I that's what I wore for my shows. I didn't actually like, like wear a, a jacket or a suit or anything like that. Um, and then I, as I got older, obviously, like uh, even after I, I stopped doing magic shows, I didn't have to do magic tricks in my costume you know because street magic was very popular you could just wear street clothes and that was fine right but yeah i didn't have a jacket i had a cape you had a cape i I had had a cape i had a a distinct like image like a memory of this picture of you i don't know if you posted it online somewhere a long time ago but i just remember you wearing that hat and like looking down i i could be completely making that up but I, I have some memory. Didn't you make like a video in that, like with your brother or something forever ago? You might be thinking of, <laughs> what the heck did we call that? Like 369 Mafia or something like that, where my brother and I dressed up in like suits and stuff and did a little thing about being a little uh, like mobsters. We, we did a random little video into oh. some random little pictures. That's probably what you're thinking of. <laughs> that That is it. That is yeah. it. That's completely um, unrelated to magic. But yeah, that is a that is a really cringy thing we just did because we were bored one day. Oh my gosh. That's a hey, listen, listen, everybody. We're both from a from the same small town or at least the same area. And there's there's you have to fill your time with something. So um that it's it's weird how your brain works, how you just start to associate different things with it. But um I remember that. Now we're kind of on a side note here, but also I remember on your Facebook page, didn't you like once like tell like a photo story? Like you posted a bunch of pictures and you told a story with your pictures. Do you remember that? I think that was still the 369 Mafia. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was still us in mobster outfits. (laughs) Alex, get over it. Okay. It was one time. That's what, if there was another picture story thing that I did, I'm not thinking of it, but I do remember that one. So that was never a video. That was just pictures. I think we, I, I think it was all pictures, but there may have been one very short video of us doing something. I think we had bats, and we were like, it was implied we were gonna go like beat up a car or something, right? Because I remember but, like uh, you had, like you had a package that you had to deliver to somebody, <laughs> and I just remember like you're you're doing all this like shady business, and you're in this really nice like suburban neighborhood, and you're just like, yep, <laughs> you're dropping the package off it's in front of your house. <laughs> That is absolutely 369 Mafia. <laughs> I uh, think the package is supposed to be like a bomb or something. I don't remember what it, I don't, it was. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a bomb or drugs or whatever it was. Because we were, we were doing like some mobster or something. I, I don't remember what it was. You know, there's actually, I have a lot of memories in that, uh, in, in, in the front of that house in particular. Like, like, or even in the garage. I mean, that whole house. We spent a lot of time there growing up. Yeah. But this is um, not the house that I grew up in in the village. This was no. after I moved to that that suburban house. Correct. In fact, you, um, yeah, that was a little bit later on. That was what, like your freshman year around there or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, back in two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah, you can you can learn more about that on the episode that I was featured in on a Hasty podcast, Weston's podcast. We reminisce and Ooh. we have a little too much to drink, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the Alex has been on two episodes of a Hasty podcast. So if you love that, you can watch the other one that we did. Just look for a Hasty podcast and then type in Alex's name, and, and you'll find and it. Me, a Hasty podcast. Alex Ducat. You'll get both of them. It'll pop right up. Both. I'm very good. And let I me do. tell you something. Nothing feeds my ego better than when Weston tells me, "You know what, Alex? My highest viewed episode is the one that you're on." When he <laughs> yeah, told me the, that, 
Oh, I love it. The first one, I, I, I especially the first one in particular that we did. I think it was uh, your fans coming out in strength to support. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to my fans. I they're they're usually called my children. So yeah, that they they did definitely came out to support. But that was a lot of fun. That was our first collab in a while too when we did that. But yeah, when we did that, that was the first time we had done anything together in a, in a while. Yeah. And it slowly but surely led to this happening. Isn't that weird how that works? That was just, at least as the recording of this, about just a year and a half ago. Tra- strange, uh, strange kind of story that that, w- that we uh, that we went through there, but um, a lot of fun, and I'm I'm glad to be here. And I think honestly, now is probably a good time to maybe take a short little break. Um, sure. Weston, thank you for explaining uh, your kind of your history with magic, because I've always been. Like I've I've always been in awe of it. Um, maybe not as much as Justin. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that I'll, far. I'll have to see if I can find my six foot long straw. <laughs> Is that a I, had, <laughs> I, I used to do this uh, <laughs> trick, but I didn't do it very often. It was one of my later tricks. Uh, I would pack a lunch, and one of them would be like a juice box or whatever, and you know I would share it with the audience. It's like, oh, do you need a straw for that? And it's this little paper you know, brown paper bag that I would have this lunch in or whatever. And I start pulling this, uh, about a foot wide, like in terms of how thick this straw was. And I would just keep pulling. It's a six foot long straw, about a foot wide that I would pull out of this paper bag and then hand, hand the volunteer the straw. I just, I think it'd be funny if like you go into school early one morning, like little, little, little boy West and he's walking in there and he's like stealing all the straws out of the cafeteria. So he has the opportunity so many times to go, Oh, Oh, you need a straw, huh? You need, well, do you need a straw? Here we go. You need a straw? Or are you just walking around the cafeteria? Like, hey, it, man, I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? It'd be nice to have a straw, huh? And then you're like just trying to encourage them to go, yeah. <laughs> well, I, here we I go. Need, I got one. one. One of these days, I'm going to do a little magic show. It's going to be so hilariously childish because they were kids that I, I mean, sh- uh, tricks that I used to do as a kid. And uh, I'll have to do it and put it on my YouTube. One day. One day it'll have to happen, but... That would be so much fun. Um, you should do that. But until then, break time. We'll be right back. Profoundish will be back after these short messages. Profoundish is brought to you in part by The Jammin' Chat. Every week, I host a show with live music, interactive games, and more. But here's the catch. The live music is improvised on the spot based on funny song topics you leave in the chat feed. So come join the fun. You can search Jammin' Chat on YouTube or go to alexducat.net. Profoundish is brought to you in part by hastilymadedecision.com. Get your poetry fix from my poetry blog featuring haiku, senryu, freeform stuff, and more. Again, that's hastilymadedecision.com for your poetry fix. And we are back. Thank you for listening to Profoundish. It's Weston and I again. And Weston, it is time for something very special. Ooh, I like special. Weston, you, my friend, have been assigned a very important task today. Oh, I like tasks. You like tasks? You, <laughs> let's start here. So you, uh, you like tasks, so that's a great start. <laughs> also, uh, um, you, uh, you know, in, 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 your, in your day job, you, you work in the, in the food industry, do you not? I do. Uh, yeah, in fact, it's part of what inspired the sandwich episode. It is, it is. Listen to that if you haven't. Um, great episode, really fun, and I ended up eating a very strange sandwich. Um, well, we're kind of in line. I wanted to find a way to kind of combine our conversations of magic, 
and maybe a little bit of the food industry too. So today, you've been assigned a very important task. You have nine employees and nine positions, and you're going to be filling these, in, <laughs> these positions with the employees that have been pre-selected for you. Now, oh. we're not going to be working in the sandwich world today, but we will be working in... People love sandwiches, but you know what else they love? They love pizza, right? Who doesn't love pizza? I so like today, pizza. you have been tasked as the new owner of this pizza franchise Ooh. to assign, let me load this up here, Yeah. various sure. witches and wizards <laughs> what? To, to each position available um, with the, uh, I guess technically you're not the franchise owner, you're just the overseeing god of this. You're the overseer of all of this. I'm, I'm, um, this, so, I'm the pizza manager man. You're the pizza manager, man. So here are the positions that you need to fill. Um, we'll start there, and then we will name right. uh, we'll name the, the the available witches and wizards. So I'm full um, screening needs... this so I can see it. Oh my goodness! Oh, here I I can zoom a little bit if you need to. Oh no, I I see it. I just went into full okay. screen just to appreciate. <laughs> I I already see Voldemort at there. This is great. It's okay. gonna be good. Okay, so let's start here. So we have the franchise owner. We have th- who, you know, is just the owner of the franchise. Um, we have the district manager, the overseer of the multiple stores, but we're really just kind of focused on one store. Um, okay. We have the store manager. That's kind of self-explanatory. We have the assistant manager. We have a cook slash pizza maker, um, a server, waiter, waitress, a delivery driver, a host or hostess, and a cashier. Now Nine positions, okay. Nine positions. We have nine witches and wizards who are as follows. We have <laughs> Ripto. <laughs> Ripto we from have... uh, Ripto's Rage from Spyro. You will know <laughs> from Spyro, Ripto's Rage, or Spyro, Gateway to Glimmer. Um, we have Harry Potter. You we know, have... Harry Potter. <laughs> I can't remember her name now, but the, the, the main witch from uh, Hocus Pocus. I believe yeah, which they're one the... is that? Hocus Pocus Witches. This is the, the the main redhead. What was her name? I forgot I had it. Uh... Oh, you know what? Oh, I, I got it. Um, it's a... Uh, I did have it. It's like... Like M- Meredith or something. Just type in Main Witch, because that's what I typed in and I found it. Main Witch from that. Bet, bet Midler... Beat Midler? Well, I don't. As uh, anyway, I don't remember the how to say her name. But Winifred Winnie Sanderson, the smart Winifred, leader of yep. the sisters. So Winifred. next we have we have Gandalf. Uh, after this we have oh, the Wicked Witch of the West. We have Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We have <laughs> Glinda. I believe it's that's her name, right? Glinda. Um, oh, I have the Good Witch. That's, that's from the Wizard of Oz, the Good Witch. I I did not remember what her name was. Glinda. Okay. Um, I believe, and if it's not, please forgive me. I'm, I'm looking right now to be to be sure. Uh, I don't see it. That's some. Oh yeah, it is Glinda. Then we have Dumbledore and Voldemort. Dumbledore. 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 Run. So you have you have to hire and provide a position for these nine witches and or wizards. Now All right. there's a couple things that you need to do first though. So as the important thing is that we need a well functioning team. So we can have okay. a well-functioning business, of course, right? That's right. Now, a part of that is keeping morale high. So as you can tell, there are a few conflict of interests <laughs> um, <laughs> in this list. Um, so I would like for you to hire these people and in your best way possible, find ways to keep morale high, keep the conflict of interests low, and, and, and uh, run a, a smooth-functioning 
pizza chain business. So well, yeah. So <laughs> the way the way you describe it, well, yeah, I have to avoid conflicts of interest. That was oddly enough, uh, despite it being hilariously easy to see. That was something that I had not immediately considered. That oh yeah, maybe you wouldn't want to put Voldemort and Harry Potter in the kitchen together. That's maybe a bad <laughs> idea. And the the witch of the the wicked witch of the west and and Glenda maybe shouldn't be together. Right. Um, correct. Honestly, those are the some of the biggest like. The three Harry Potter ones, Harry Potter, Voldemort, and Dumbledore, are the three sort of biggest conflict there. And then the two witches, the Wicked yep. Witch and the and the Good Witch, are the two... Those are like the two groups of conflicts. Correct. I think Winifred uh, will be fine. I think uh, Gandalf will be fine. I think Sabrina will be fine. I think Ripto will be fine. Granted, <laughs> they have different personalities, so what they're going to be best at doing... Like you wouldn't, I wouldn't want like Ripto being the like the host, right? Right. The host or hostess, right? He's very commanding, controlling. He he likes to insult people. He's very high and mighty about himself. So like, you know, you don't want him being the the guy that has to deal with uh, the customers, though, right? That seems like a terrible idea. So we've yeah. got the franchise owner, the district manager, the store manager, the assistant manager. We got see this is. We have a lot of managerial positions, and I'm concerned that if I start giving those positions to to villains, they're going to they're going to conflict with one another. Right. And then we have to figure out who who would make the best pizza. Who would <laughs> like uh, first and foremost above all else? I think whatever witch, wizard or witch I choose, they have to make a good pizza. Well, that's yeah, because that's the core of the business. I mean, I mean, no good pizza. There's no good business. Come on. I mean, if they're like arguing and bickering and, and throwing knives at each other the entire time that they're at work, uh, but the pizza's sublime, people will still come back for that show. I mean, it's dinner and show. You may be right, but as I said before, we need good morale. That's one. Of, that's one of the criteria here. We need good right. morale. And 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 I am going to need that because I, I don't know that anyone's going to make a, a sublime pizza. I don't know. Hmm, who would make the best? You know, I'm thinking. I think first and foremost, I have to know who can make that darn pizza. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Okay. Of everybody here, of the nine that I got, who makes the pizza? I think it's got to go to Winifred. Pizza. pizza. Winifred. Okay. Winifred. I mean, she, along with her sisters, make uh, the different various witches' brews and stews and, and stuff in the show, right? Right? Yeah, that's true. And I think she has, of, of the nine, uh, the most cooking experience, I think. You know, she seems pretty uh, pretty spunky, too, from, from what I remember. And I feel like she, she could really kind of be pretty lively in the kitchen. She's going to be kind of running around in there, maybe keeping smiles on people's faces. So, But also keeping her cool. Like, she's the leader, right, of the, of the right. sisters. Like, she knows what she needs to do, and she can command that kitchen. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know that she right. has anyone to command, but, like, she could... She could uh, deliver on that i think so i think yeah. i'm gonna put winifred in the in the kitchen as the pizza maker okay and from there we kind of have to radiate outwards <laughs> this is because so hearing you <laughs> <laughs> because that what now that we're making the pizzas in the kitchen we have two things we have the manage the, the management and we have basically the uh customer facing staff right yep. in the management we got franchise owner district manager store manager assistant manager Customer facing, we have the wait staff, the delivery driver, the host, and the cashier. Right, and you and, and you and you do you think about 
the assistant manager is likely going to be facing customers from time to time too, because um, they're kind of like that, that hybrid role, you know. That's true. That's Keep actually that probably a very good point. You know, when someone's like, "Hey, I want to speak to the manager," I guess you're going to get either the assistant manager or the store manager. So I think those two, I think the assistant and the store manager, they have to like work together. Like they have to be like tight, right? They have to be yeah. like the the the. The yin and the yang, they have to complete each other. Even you know, even if they don't quite do the same thing, they have to complete one another because they have to be on the same page or the everything falls apart, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at the nine. I got I, I feel like the wild card is freaking Ripto. <laughs> anyway, we've got Ripto, we've got Harry Potter, we got uh Dumbledore and Gandalf, we got the Wicked Witch, we got Voldemort, we got Sabrina, we got the Good Witch. I'm I'm I can't help I can't help but think. Right, I think Dumbledore and Gandalf would get along very well. Yeah, I think that they're two very elderly wizards uh, with tremendous experience, and I think, in terms of handling like customers and 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 that kind of thing, being like the front-facing um, representation of the store, I think they're the most. People can come to them and they could be like the most upset. They could be angry. They could be whatever. Whatever mm-hmm. someone, some customer's problem might be, they come to either one of these two and they could handle it with ease, right? Yeah. I think so. They could take anyone from crazy right back down to in their place in no time whatsoever. Oh, but they're definitely. also powerful, commanding. They can, they can take on any task. So I think that they deserve management positions. However... <laughs> The district manager has to be over the both of them. So whoever I choose to do that <laughs> cannot be in direct conflict with them. Yep. So what I'm looking at is I want them two working together, but I don't know who's the best to be over them. Because what I'm kind of getting left with is like putting either villains like the Wicked Witch or Voldemort or Ripto above them, telling the good people <laughs> what to do. Or I'm putting villains at, like, the wait staff and cashier. You know what I mean? These villains have to go somewhere. Dealing with customers. And, I mean, talk about bad business. I think, at the end of the day, I, and I hate to say it, but I feel like it has, it has to happen. I think, in terms of, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the business doing well and having to make money and making hard decisions that people don't like... A villain is the best choice. Oh, boy. So I'm looking at that franchise owner position, right? (laughs) Who has the most experience in running an organization that can make the tough decisions that no one likes but has to be done anyway? And I think it has to go to Lord Voldemort. (laughs) Okay. I'm moving moving it now. I think Lord so, Voldemort is our franchise owner of this pizza. I think Voldy's Pizzas. So <laughs> Voldemort, the yes, the Dark Wizard, uh, indeed, uh, is the, is the franchise the, owner of this of this pizza chain. I I swear I'm not a Death Eater. This is not actually <laughs> my way of bringing Voldemort to power. <laughs> okay as long as, i that, swear that, that's not true hey you know what it's okay if it is true all we need is a as a business that's running well happy customers and good morale on the staff that's all we need that's right if you have alternative motives that's okay <laughs> <laughs> 
This is just so funny. I want, just looking at this list of people, just seeing how you come up with this is so funny to me. Uh, All right, I, so you got I'm, you got the franchise owner. I I do. I really really do. And you got you got a. Uh, I already forgot her name. Uh, not Matilda. What's her name? Winifred. Winifred. You got you got Winifred making pizzas. She's making the pizzas. Pizzas. I I'm really I'm stuck at who do I want doing the forward face? I think I'm okay. So. I'm thinking about the cashier, maybe, right? The cashier is a is a position that is important, but at the pizza place is is a position that pretty much anybody can do. They're not like like the money is important, but they're not talking with. I mean, they're just at worst case at, uh, worst case scenario, customers are placing a large order. But we have a waiter or waitress. We have wait staff, so you're probably not really placing your order at the counter. That's how I'm imagining it. I'm imagining you go to the counter to pay but basically that's it you sit down the wait staff is going to be taking your order right so the person yeah. at the cashier doesn't have to be that personable right <laughs> yeah they, they don't you know they don't have to be like that yeah they're not the waiter like they're not yeah. you know tending you, to they, you the whole evening you've you've already eaten your food you've already ordered you've already left your tip on the on the counter basically this person can be as rude to you as possible you still have to pay right <laughs> <laughs> like that's no one's expecting the cashier to be bent over head and heels for you so Not i'm exactly. like looking at the villains i got left and i'm looking at the wicked witch of the west or ripto right <laughs> yep that's what i'm thinking for the position of cashier and i think i think i've got to give it to i think i've got to give it to the wicked witch of the west the wicked witch of the west i love the idea of you paying for your pizza the money goes in and she just as you're leaving one last cackle of madness (laughs) fly my pretties fly (laughs) as you leave the restaurant she releases the flying monkeys release the patrons release the monkeys <laughs> right. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, man, but yeah, you're right. But it's going to be one of those things where imagine that experience as a customer. You go in, you have a, you have great food, great staff, and then right before you leave, you just you're really rubbed the wrong way by a witch. It's <laughs> just <laughs> taking but it your makes money. the entire experience memorable, right? We've it does make it memorable experience. And now we're left with a few other positions here. I think. The host or hostess, right, needs to be a warm, welcoming, caring individual. Like, hey, welcome to our, our restaurant. You're going to see some crazy things tonight. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pizzeria of magic and wonders. But just know I'm here for you. I got you taken care of. Here, let me show you to your seat. I think that's right. got to go to uh, Glenda, our, our good Glenda, witch. Glenda, yeah. I, th- I think, I think it just has to be. She's like... A very motherly figure. She's someone that, like, maybe she would be good at waitstaff as well. Like, you know, like, oh, hey, dearie, what can I get for you or whatever. But I just feel like she's someone that just needs to exist as an idea. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah, good first impression. Like, yeah, you know, she knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and, I think that's a solid choice. And when you do finally get sat down at your seat, I think, to me, again, friendly, smiling face, I've got to hand it to the wait staff going to Sabrina the 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 witch. 
Ah, uh, good choice. Now, yeah, I, it just th- makes it just feels like it makes sense. Yeah. I think so. She, um, I forget what her cat's name is. He can even be going around Salem. and covering Salem. Salem could even maybe be covering tables when she's a little busy. Like she, maybe she's bringing out drinks, and Salem's like, ah, I'll get the other table. Well, well, Weston, hold on a second. We got to worry about the sanitary issues. Well, we'll put him in a little hairnet. <laughs> <laughs> I just see all flumped up in a hairnet, just rolling around. No, just 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 on his head. The rest of him is still very exposed. <laughs> The customers are like, whoa, 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 we feel uncomfortable with an animal here. It's unsanitary. Oh, sorry, sorry, ma'am. And they get that little hairnet on him. Okay, we feel more comfortable. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's not making the pizzas. No, he's not. I found a cat hair in my pizza. <laughs> Lies. So, Weston, now you've got a delivery yes. driver, an assistant manager, a store manager, and a district manager. Yeah, and you're filling I think it the, up. You're filling it yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. I think the domino pieces are lined up, and it's all coming into play. I think it just makes sense that we put Harry Potter in as the delivery driver. He can go around on his Nimbus, on his broom. He's super yes. quick. He's a seeker. He can find that address. He knows where he's going. He knows what he, what's up. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think if I can trust him to catch the snitch, I think we can trust him to deliver a pizza. Yep. And now, then I do want to say this really quick. I, I hate yeah. to interrupt you, but I do want to kind of circle back around. Um, now, it looks like everything's going to be kind of fluid so far, but, I mean, I'm still wondering about Voldemort as the franchise owner. I mean, this is your decision, but, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you realize the power that he has, right? Oh, absolutely, and that's exactly why he makes the best franchise owner. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the Dark Lord knows how to crunch those numbers and pay no, and, the IRS. Well, and, The most evil of fair. all. <laughs> and No kidding. The true enemy here. Now, I will say... I guess, in a way, you made a good decision because he's the franchise owner, so he has no doings with the, who's getting hired. You know, that, that is not his—he's not going to know these people. Right. So, no, he delegates that down. Right. So I guess that is, that is a solid choice now that I think about it because he's not going to know that Harry Potter's working there. But I'm curious what you're going to say with uh, Dumbledore because he's probably going to have at least um, an inkling of— uh, <laughs> the other uh, couple management positions here and who these people are. So I'm curious what you're going to do, do here. I do like that uh, Harry Potter as the delivery driver also will probably spend the least amount of time in a store as anyone. So like the odds of him ah. having to run into Voldemort are reduced compared to anybody else. He's not stuck in the store. That's a good point. Yep. Okay. But uh, I think so you're particularly interested in Dumbledore. Well, I'll tell you right now, Dumbledore, I think, has to be the assistant manager. Of course. Of course he's got to be, because he'll probably still slide under the radar at that position. Yeah, he's not in direct line of communication to the franchise owner, to Voldemort himself. Voldemort's going to be talking to the district manager, and then if he has to get to the store, he's going to be talking to the store manager. Dumbledore, really, his line is going to be to the store manager. So there's a separation there. We can put up that wall where Voldemort is not directly de- commanding Dumbledore. <laughs> Just in a w- we're living in a world right now where he is responsible for employing <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. Voldemort is a, is a job creator, and he employs Dumbledore. <laughs> yes, that's oh, what we've it. done. Which means I think Gandalf has to be the store manager, like I was saying earlier. Yeah. Because he knows what he's doing. I think he can run the store. 
And, you know, he can be that buffer between Dumbledore and Voldemort. Like, if Voldemort finds out about the Dumbledore and gets a little big for his britches, I think Gandalf can come up and say, you shall not pass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, <laughs> right? I think, I think he can oh. be the wall and still maintain the balance both between the business and his staff. And of course, that yeah. leaves our district manager as none other than Ripto from from Spyro <laughs> Ripto's Rage. Uh, he has handled uh, gems and staff and things like that in the Spyro universe. He's a little he's a little brutish. He can get a little violent t- trying to tell people what to do. But usually, his lackeys are dumb. But Gandalf and Dumbledore are intelligent, so I think Ripto actually might really find his place as district manager and might do really well with a competent employees as the district manager. And he's the one that's going to be dealing with Voldemort. Voldemort's a villain. Ripto's a villain. They're going to, they're going to vibe. And that's kind of what I want to touch on really quick. So before we kind of close this out here, let's talk about this dynamic between Ripto and Voldemort for a second. (laughs) Yes. Um, Now they don't have noses. that, yeah, they both. They, that is interesting. They don't have noses. <laughs> I, I did not notice that until you said so. Now, once again, you're not really concerned about any sort of, you know, conspiring or any any kind of, you know, side motives other than running a successful pizza business. That, that doesn't well, concern you I at mean, all. Well, I mean, honestly, maybe Ripto starts to get a little big for his britches and wants to like expand outward. But I mean, his competition <laughs> is the Dark Lord. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's all I have to say. I mean, it's Lord Ripto's well, I mean, going to do. Yeah, he's going to try and open up another pizza business, and it's just not going to work. It, you know, he. Yeah, he's got. He's got. Uh, Voldemort. Comp- yeah, know. if 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 Ripto branches out, and he's like, I'm starting my own pizzeria. I'm taking my staff with me. Uh, Voldemort's going to roll up. He's going to be like, I've been a cadaver. <laughs> just like so, that. Slow, invented a cadaver. So I'm a, I guess there's other, so let, let's go through this really quick. Actually, before I do want to say this, let, let's go through the list here. So we have the franchise owner of this pizza business, which by the yes. way, think of a name because I'm going to ask you for a name at the end because we have to name Ooh. the store before it opens. Oh, so Lord. think of that okay. while I'm going through this. So running this business um, as the owner of the entire franchise, we have the one, the only Lord Voldemort. Uh, under him, we have the district manager Ripto from Spyro Ripto's Rage. Then we have the manager <laughs> as uh, the one and only Dumbledore, who is immediately followed by, um, as assistant manager, oh, sorry, not Dumbledore, that's Gandalf, sorry. The, the yeah, pictures are Gandalf. small on my screen. Gandalf so they, is the store looking manager, similar. yeah. Um, Gandalf is the store manager, I apologize. The assistant manager is Dumbledore. Uh, and then the the pizza, as you say, pizza maker, pizza. is, I always forget her name, it's Win- Winifred. Winifred. And then, and then we have Sabrina and Salem, kind of a tag team, uh, waiter-waitress duo going on there. Uh, delivery driver is the one and the only Harry Potter. The host is Glinda, the good witch. And then the cashier is uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> now, <laughs> what is the name? That's my pizzeria. That, what is the name of this pizzeria? What is the that's... name of this establishment? Oh, <laughs> um, um, well, that's that's oh boy, it's it's interesting to me because uh, despite the the owners being evil in nature, we actually have a lot of good people like in the store, right? A lot of heroes, right? Yeah. So we can't be like eh, pizza place of dark magic or whatever because that's that's not actually going to be what people see, right? So I need something right. that's like 
kind of welcoming, kind of mysterious, uh, kind of, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, you still it's, have to be a warm, yeah, welcoming to customers, absolutely. These are these are just normal customers, just everyday humans coming in here. Yeah, I, I think I think the, uh, I okay, so I, I've, I'm really struggling here. I'm thinking in my head, like, I, <laughs> I'm a big fan of alliteration. I knew it. I'm a big fan of alliteration, so I'm, I'm thinking I gotta be like, oh, there's gotta be something I can do here with with magic and pizza, and <laughs> I think uh, what we've got here is gonna be something along the lines of, uh, I, I like, I, I think I think I might put the word pizzeria in it. I think the word pizzeria is gonna be in it. Um, uh, <laughs> I know it's tough, isn't it? It is. There's not a lot of P words other than perhaps the uh, Pizzeria de Prestigitation. Ooh, well, that sounds fancy. I made it sound fancy. The, <laughs> what, what? I don't even know what you said. Pizzeria de Prestigi... Pre, God dang it. Prestigitation. It's What's, from uh, pre, Prestigitation. <laughs> Prestigitation, uh, as defined on on Google, is magic tricks performed as entertainment. Prestigitation. P-R-E-S-T-I-D-I-G-I-T-A-T-I-O-N. For those of you that want to uh, use that word yourself, I'm aware of the word because it's also a spell in uh, Dungeons & Dragons. So I was I'm, I was struggling for p words that might be like magic related. So I, I made it sound vague. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound vaguely <laughs> Italian by saying pizzeria day, and yeah. then prestigitation, which is not I'm, Italian. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, no, I, I, I made it that, vaguely Italian. That's a fun name. I think it's going to be hard for customers to remember, but they can just call it, you know, the pizza place with all the yeah. witches. With the. <laughs> And wizards. <laughs> I mean, that's gonna show up when you when you're trying to like Yelp that or Google reviews that. Like the one with the wizards. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. Yeah, because because you know, which by the way, I was gonna add this as a position. The the um the marketing, advertising and marketing. You the know, marketing like the department. digital marketing team for this company. Like they're putting in keywords just witches, wizards, <laughs> magic. You know what I mean? Like magic. It's the, it's the only time the uh, anything magic, any word involving magic you can think of, and pizza directly correlate <laughs> yeah uh but you know they're working on that um weston i think you came up with a pretty good a pretty good team here i uh i think I, so I think, I think this is i think this is set i think this is good i mean i would eat there i i i, I of course i would i mean i, I love pizza pizza man we, pizza well pizza weston this has been fun <laughs> thank you for uh for doing this. Th- th- thanks for being here, man. Oh, yes, of course. You couldn't have done it without me. Oh, God, I couldn't have, <laughs> could I? People are in it for your voice, not mine. You've I don't been, know about been, that, but... Oh, I, I many people... Listen, I've heard many people say it. Um, I've heard our friend Dave say it over at Camp Nostalgic. I've heard... I've heard um, um, my own girlfriend. You know, she, you and her are friends. When, when she first met you, the first thing she said after after you guys separated, she said... I could just listen to his voice for hours. She said it. <laughs> it's true. I told you that. So this, this, you've this got is the true. Voice. You have you have told me that. I don't. 
I don't know who <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. It's like one of those uh, when you don't know how to react to being complimented. You're like, okay, <laughs> it's okay. I I know, right? Like, okay. Um, it's like when someone. I mean, not quite as nearly as extreme, but it's like when someone says, "I love you." For the first time. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you guys will not say anything. That's even worse. Uh, you just, just me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks. Oh my it's goodness. Like, uh, well, Weston, this has been fun. Um, really yes. quick, let, let's give us a little plug, Magic Man Mo, and all the other stuff. Where can people find you on the internet? Yes, if you want to follow me on all of the different things I do, like I said, I have a gaming YouTube channel called Magic Man Mo. I have my own personal podcast called A Hasty Podcast, and I have several other things that I do. I have a poetry blog over on hastilymadedecision.com. But if you want to know all of the different things that I do and follow it all in one single place, westonhasty.com is that place. That's Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N, hasty, H-A-S-T-Y. Dot com for all of the different things that I do. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Follow him in all the places and enjoy it. It's great stuff. I love it. Um, you can follow me. Uh, just type in my name anywhere, Alex Duquette. I make uh, nostalgic cartoon theme song medleys on YouTube, and I do original music as well, as, and some other things too. So just you can check that all out either on YouTube with my name or alexduquette.net. But for now... We're out of here. Thank you for listening to Profoundish, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.